The biggest transformation that I see with the women that I work with is the way they see themselves. They have a very narrow vision of who they are and how they're supposed to look or be showing up. And they get locked into this vision and that's just how they live their lives. And when we work together, I show them all these new ideas and all these new possibilities that are available to them that they can that they can have. And so they start to see themselves differently. So for the woman who would look in the mirror and immediately look at her thighs because she thinks her thighs are too big and she hates the way that they look, she's not doing that anymore. She's now seeing herself as a whole woman and she's seeing how beautiful that she can look and she feels energized because first of all, it's the self-awareness of her body. So understanding how her body sits in space and having the tools to know what are the styles and silhouettes that are gonna highlight, right? So having that, those tools also helps, but they, she starts to look at herself in a completely new way. And this impacts how she shows up in her life, the way she interacts with her boss or with her dates. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. I have a question for you. What's in your closet? I'm not talking about skeletons here. I'm talking about your clothes. If you're anything like me, I'm guessing there are mornings when you stand in front of a closet bursting with clothes and think, I have nothing to wear. Isn't that ridiculous? But, you know, hey, we've spent a lifetime accumulating. I estimate there are about 10 pieces of clothing in constant rotation that I rely on. I wear almost the same thing every day. (laughs) I like the clothes I wear every day. They feel good. I've come to the point where I don't want to wear anything that feels uncomfortable on my body. But truth be told, I'm home most days and it just doesn't matter what I wear. It's when I have to go somewhere out in the world that things start to get tricky. I look in my closet and see things that have been there for years and I don't wear them. There are items that I used to love that just don't seem right for me anymore. Oh, girl, I could go on. I think you could, too. That's why I'm excited to introduce you to today's guest. Alicia Lenkin is a personal fashion stylist who helps women look current, feel confident, and stay true to themselves. For over 20 years, she's worked as a stylist on photo sessions with a wide variety of well-known brands, celebrities, publications. So that includes Carrie Underwood, Serena Williams, Tina Fey, Oprah Magazine. But she then experienced a change in her approach that was inspired by her work as a yoga teacher. She noticed that when she was teaching yoga at night, she was helping her students feel connected to their bodies but her days were spent styling shoots, making models look good. Over time, she realized that she wanted to bring a more holistic approach to styling to help real women use the clothes in their closet as a tool to express themselves and look at themselves in a whole new way 
impacting how they interact in the world. So without further ado, here's Alicia Lincoln. Let's go. Hey, Alicia, thank you so much for being with me today. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Yvonne. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. We met in Clubhouse, my my favorite place. I have it's a problem. I I'm <laughs> I love Clubhouse. Oh, uh, do you find yourself in the same situation? Are you in there a lot? I am very aware of the time-sucking power that it has. So yes. I have <laughs> limits on how I how much time I'll spend in there, but it is I've met just the coolest, smartest, most amazing people on Clubhouse and it's I mean, it's just been a game changer as far as meeting new people and how easy and convenient it is when it's like coming right from your phone. It really is amazing. It's always so worthwhile. I mean, it's something about hearing people's voices and and forming an instant connection. You know, it's real-time conversation where you're hearing somebody's thoughts that they're putting together on the fly. And it's, it just makes me feel so much more connected to people. I love it. Yes, it's refreshing. And as somebody who works in the visual world and it's all about image and, and what I do, it right. when I first started going on Clubhouse, it was just refreshing to not have image be such a big part of it. And as you said, just connecting to people vocally, orally, however you want to say it, it just, it was a deeper connection and it felt more authentic. It's crazy that way. There's something about Clubhouse where it's like, I can be washing dishes, folding laundry. Anyway, I've, I've gone down a rabbit hole. I tend to do that. I'm feeling rabbit holy today. Do you have those days? <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I have to confess. Um, let's go, since you mentioned it, let's go. Let's talk about what you do and how you have pivoted I love, I love the change that you've made in what you're doing. So, so I'm going to let you speak to it. Yeah. So I'm a personal fashion stylist and that's what I do today. And that's pretty much what I've been doing for the past 25 years. Like I started, I started as a fashion stylist, freelance fashion stylist back in the mid nineties in New York city. I still live in New York city. And I started working on commercial shoots. I started working for a lot of magazines. I did a lot of uh, advertisements, working with celebrities um, and commercials. So that's how I got my start. And it wasn't until more recently that I pivoted from working in the commercial shoot industry, the fashion industry, whatever you want to call it. I was sort of a, an overlap of both of those worlds, fashion and production. And I more recently pivoted to serving real women. That's everyday women like me and you. And I help them, I help them nail down their personal style. I help them reconnect to who they are, how they want to show up so that they feel more confident in their lives. Because when you put on a really good outfit and when you feel really good in what you wear, it makes a difference Dude, in who you time. are and how you're showing up. So so that's, that's what I do now. And um, 
So it was a pivot. It was a pivot from styling models, actors, yeah. to everyday women. What, how did it happen? Like, what what was the what was the germ or the seed that that had you? I mean, it sounds so it sounds so glamorous, you know, doing it on set and doing you know doing all this stuff. I mean, you know, what made you decide that you wanted to be in touch with real women? As if yeah. stars aren't real women. Of course they are, but. <laughs> Well, the difference is, is that on a shoot, a commercial shoot, the people who I'm styling, the models and the actors, they're there to do a job. They're that we're there to get an image, a picture. Right. And Mm -hmm. real women, the women who I work with. Yes, I do help women with branding and things like that. More of my entrepreneur clients. But but the women who are in corporate or, uh, you know, moms, stay at home moms, you know, I'm helping them have less stress over getting dressed. I'm helping them find more self-acceptance with their bodies. So it's it's actually a very different job in the way that it's approached. So, okay, so here's how it happened. So like I said, way back in the nineties, I got my start. And I just want to say that, first of all, back then, nobody knew what the job stylist was. So, so go back to 1995, all right? Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. knew what the job stylist was. It was a behind the scenes position there before BTS, hashtag BTS, right? There was no Instagram. I wasn't scrolling through Instagram and would say, oh, there's a stylist. I want to do that. There were no, I knew no other stylists. Okay. I didn't know any other stylists, but I did know photographers. I knew some photographers and that's how I got introduced to stylists when I had my first assisting job. So when I had my first assisting job, the woman who I worked with was a real high-end designer, fashion stylist. And that is not, so a lot of the girls who get into fashion styling and into that industry are really into the designers and into the clothing and, and they live for that. They get their their whatever magazine, Vogue magazine, Bazaar magazine, and they can't wait to, to look at it. And that was not me at all. When I started So I always loved clothing and I always loved style, but I didn't know about designers and I didn't read all those magazines. For me, it was always my creative self-expression. So even as a little girl, I was playing with clothes and finding ways to express myself all through in middle school is when it really took shape and I started to really have my style, you know, in the (laughs) eighties. I love uh, your little shoulder shimmy to go with that. I think I was wearing big shoulders back then. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so for me, it was always creative self-expression. So I was different. So that's what I'm trying to say. So when I started assisting this woman who was, you know, in, she was a fashion person and she, we would go and spend our days in all these designer showrooms. And um, the way it worked is she would hire a car. So she'd hire a car that would take us around through our appointments and we'd be going in and out of big designer showrooms, okay? That's because this is in New York City. And I remember one time we're eating lunch in the car. She was a complete workaholic, this woman. And we were eating lunch in the car and she says, so who's your favorite designer? And I was stumped. I didn't have a favorite designer. I didn't know about fashion. It's not why I got into it. And I felt so embarrassed and so ashamed and I'm kind of fumbling around and and I said, I don't have one. And she was appalled. She couldn't believe that I didn't have a favorite designer. (laughs) And I started to wonder if she was questioning her choice. Like this is the person there's, 
this is the one who I chose. And, and I remember she said, we'll just tell everyone it's Helmut Lang. Cause this was 1995. So Helmut Lang was very in at the time. So anyways, that feeling of, I am not like you. I am not good enough to be here. I do not belong. That is when that started as an assistant. And I didn't assist for very long at all. I started getting my own styling jobs really quickly. So I only worked with her for a couple months and I started doing my own shoots. And so this idea of not belonging and feeling like an outsider, it persisted. And so I wasn't assisting anymore. So I didn't have her breathing down my neck and judging me because I didn't have a favorite designer. But here's what I did. This is what came next is that I was doing a lot of editorial magazine shoots and I was doing a lot of, I was working for a lot of those magazines that you'd see while you're standing in line at the grocery store checkout. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine what those look like. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah. You're kind of waiting, looking at the, the food, the food in front of you and you might look at it. So that's who I was working for. I was not working for high fashion magazines at mm -hmm. all. Okay. But I'd still get these, they were, they still talk about fashion, those, those magazines and they would do their trend stories. And I would get assigned a story, something like, seven leather jackets that you'll still want to wear in seven years, right? So I get this story. And so my job as the stylist would be to get those leather jackets. Now, just as a side note, when they say seven leather jackets in the headline, my job is to get 37 leather jackets. I needed to get options, okay? Uh -huh. And the way that it works is that I would call the showrooms um, or the PR companies, and they loan the leather jackets for free in exchange for publicity to be okay. in the magazine. And it sounds like a good deal, right? Uh -huh. Well, again, this is back in the 90s and um, attitudes were just very different. There's gatekeepers. Things are just a lot more open and more inclusive now than they were back then. It was a very closed industry. Mm. And I would need to get these jackets, 37 of them. And it was so hard to get these jackets because I wasn't working for the high-end fashion magazines and they, those brands wanted to be associated with those high-end designers. And mm. I was working, I was grocery store checkout. So they would tell me if they even took my call because it was the phone, this is pre-email. So I had to call everybody. And if they even took my call or called me back, then they'd say, you're not the right fit for us. Mm. And so I would just hear this over and over again. Mm. And this is now... This is compounding now. I'm already feeling like I don't belong, right? Because I, I wasn't the best person for the job for my as the assistant. And now I'm hearing you're not the right fit for us. Mm -hmm. So these are the these are the the voices that I'm starting to hear in my head. And I felt like a real outsider. And this continued. And you know, I have more stories about fashion shows, but I don't want to, you know, I could keep going. But you know, the fashion industry was a very close place and I was an outsider and I believe that I did not belong. So why did, how did I make the change? What made, what inspired me to pivot to serving real women is yoga. So around 9-11, the industry tanked. So because of external circumstances, there, there just wasn't a lot of work, right? In, you know, the end of 2001 and early 2002, not a ton of work. So external circumstances, I had a lot of time. I was already doing yoga but I went and, and took a teacher training at that time and I got certified to teach yoga and this deep practice in yoga. Now it wasn't about teaching yoga. It wasn't that, Oh, I became a yoga teacher and it changed my life. It was that practice of, for me, it was yoga, but it was that commitment to myself 
to mm -hmm. showing up consistently and getting good. And I started to get good at yoga and I would be the person who'd go to the front of the room, right? For the class, I was always in the front row. So this rebuilt my confidence. So number one, it reconnected me to my body. So I, I was building relationship with my body, okay? I was gaining trust in myself, right? Because I had, you in yoga, you have to find trust in yourself or all these poses, you, it's, a, it's a little dangerous, right? So, mm -hmm. so I was rebuilding the trust in myself and confidence is built on trust in yourself, right? You have to have trust in yourself to for self-confidence. So what happened is I rebuilt my confidence and yoga also reconnected me to why I got into fashion styling in the first place. And that is because self-expression, because of self-expression. Yoga is all about expressing yourself in the movements and in the poses. So that reminded me of why I loved styling. And so yoga rebuilt my confidence and it reconnected me to why I love styling. So eventually the shoots came back, right? The industry came back after 9-11 and I'm styling shoots during the day and I'm teaching yoga at night. And that's when I started to notice there was a bit of a disconnect in how my gifts and talents and my purpose could be best fulfilled was not styling shoots with models and celebrities. It, it, that wasn't the best use of my gifts and talents. It's fun, I'm good at it and I still do it. I still work on commercials. But for me, my talents would be better served in helping women, real women like myself, because I am a real woman too, um, real women who are struggling with their personal style, who are who haven't quite tapped into their self-expression. And the way it took me some time to tap into this, this wasn't like, okay, now I'm doing this business. It took me years to have the clarity to see how I could best serve my gifts and talents. And I did start working, I was styling shoots, but I did start working one-on-one -on -one, kind of as a side hustle. And I remember there was one client I worked with in particular, I, I, she found me, we connected through Craigslist. I responded to an, her ad on Craigslist. She needed help with her, with her wardrobe. I'm like, oh, I could do that. So I submit my link and I got the gig. And I remember going to her apartment and that's when it, I saw that the struggle that everyday women are having because this woman has had very large breasts, a size triple D, and wow. she was struggling with her body and struggling getting dressed. And it was, she's starting her day from this place of frustration. Mm. Every day she's like, this looks terrible. My body, what's wrong with my body? I don't know what I'm doing. All these mm. feelings of inadequacy. And, and, you know, the struggle with the body, a lot of that comes from the fashion industry, right? So, so it's that feeling of, I don't belong and I'm, I'm not good enough, which is now bringing me back to, you know, different angle in the fashion industry, because I'm coming from within the industry and having assistants and PR people who are kind of in my ear, you know, everyday women are just hearing this general media voice that's saying, you're not good enough. You don't look the way you should. So I, so it all started to kind of click for me in how she's struggling with something like getting dressed, which is something that we do every day, getting dressed, clothes, style. That's fun for me. I'm going to show her how this can be fun for her too. I'm going to give her the tools so she has a better understanding of her body and, and what complements her body. And I'm going to help her see how this can be fun. And this is your self-expression. So once I connected this to the work of styling, that's when I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And then that's when, you know, the pivot started. I was going to say that's when it happened, but you know, starting is basically starting a new business. Yeah. So.
it yeah. didn't happen overnight, but oh here gosh. I am today. And I, and that's who I help now. And I just worked with a client, you know, yesterday I work virtually with my clients and we're meeting on zoom and, and I just seeing these real women who, and this woman is she, this woman is in her sixties who I'm working with now. And she tells me that she's gone her whole life never understanding how to dress or, or never knowing what was right for her and to mm. at age 60 to see oh this is how it works for me this is what this is wow. what's going to bring me more energy and make me feel more vibrant right to see that with her and then oh that's it that's why I do what I do <laughs> oh my god I love it I love it and you know it 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 reminds me of from you know when we first spoke and I knew that I wanted to have you on because I am not a clearly, I mean, I'm folks, I'm sitting here in my sweatshirt with her, with my, with my cute red glasses, <laughs> but I am not a fashionista kind of girl. And, but I can totally relate to the idea of dressing for self-expression and my parents will laugh if they ever hear this, but they used to say, you know, especially in college, I was really um, exploring my self-expression with what I was wearing. And I was wearing all kinds of, and they'd be like, oh, she's got another costume on today, you know? And, um, but I was having fun. Like I would wear these baggy clothes, but like, you know, just, just, just experimenting, just trying to do things that, that were different, you know, which I don't now. Now I'm like kind of a uniform. I got my jeans. I got my sweat. This is my favorite sweatshirt it is on my body, like all the time. And, uh, you know, wash it, wear it, wash it, wear it. Um, did you ever watch, um, this is making me think of, oh gosh, what was his name? Um, Bill Cunningham. Of course. Yeah. Did you watch the, the photographer, the, the, yes. oh, the documentary, yes, the documentary yes. with him and how mm -hmm. every piece of, uh, he had the same uniform that he'd wear all the time, but he was all about what was the fashion on the street and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, he's onto something there with wearing the same thing every day that you don't have to think about it. But that all being said, I mean, I, I tend to think, oh man, I should just do that. But there's something fun about mixing it up toy, you know, playing with it. And I have totally come to the point where even if I'm wearing like this sweatshirt, I don't feel frumpy in this sweatshirt. This sweatshirt makes me feel good, you know? And I, I've gotten to the point where I'm just getting rid of the stuff in my closet. If it makes me feel frumpy, I'm like, no, I got no time for you. You're, you're dead to me, you know? And amazing to see how you connect that you're, you're going to be able to connect that for people. And I want to go back a second to, to your, in your story, to when you did start practicing yoga, how, how old were you when you, when you did that? Well, I first started yoga. I started yoga in my mid twenties. Okay. So I was doing yoga back then. And then the teacher training didn't, it was years later. So for me to sign up for teacher training, I already had a yoga practice, but the teacher training, it just took it to a different level of the, the commitment to the showing up and, and the progress that you make when you make that commitment to yourself. Yeah. Progress is inevitable. So how old were you then? Were you in your late thirties or? Oh, no, no, no. I was, yeah, I was younger than that. Younger than I was that. younger okay. than that. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But that was like the beginning of this journey. 
right? Yes. And then yes. by the time, I don't know what your time frame was, but when did you start taking on the individual clients and start to have this revelation about where you could serve, you know? Yeah. So, okay. So for me, it was, it was a very drawn out process because mm -hmm. in the middle of all that is when I decided to have two kids mm. and I prioritized my kids. Uh, I was always a freelance stylist. So I was used to being in charge of my schedule. So I wanted to be the mom. I wanted to pick my kids up. I wanted to do that. So I, so that was a priority to me. So that was all in the middle of this. So I'm still styling shoots with kids, with young kids. And I'm working one-on-one -on, -one on the side, but it didn't, the dots didn't connect for me right away. I remember when I would work one-on-one -on -one at the very beginning and I would treat it as if I was working with somebody on a shoot. I was just doing it to, you know, to get the clothes, uh, just to create the outfits. And I didn't have the understanding of the help that I was really providing them, right? So when I was first doing one-on-one, -on -one, I was treating it like a shoot. And then as I continued, and then, you know, you ha sometimes you have to hear something 15 times before you finally hear it. It wasn't like that woman who was struggling with the large breath. She wasn't the first one who was struggling. It just took me a little while to hear it in the right way because I've got little kids and I'm styling shoots, you know, I've got right. you know, young mom life. So, so it took me a while to connect the dots and to see how I could best serve, how my gifts and talents could be put to best use. And styling shoots, let's be clear here, that is a fun job. So it wasn't like I was, you hear of people who sometimes they just don't like their day jobs or, or whatever. And it's, you imagine this like beige walls and this, you know, horrible lighting. And that is not what I was going into at all. I was working with my friends and I was having fun. So, so th there wasn't, there wasn't a fire under my ass to make that change. It all had to happen on my own timing. And I believe that our own timing is always the right timing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Would you say that that timing is close to where you are now? Like, has that been a fairly recent revelation for you? Well, so I realized how to shift my business and then it took, it took a couple of years to have that executed. So, you see what I'm saying? Like I decided I'm going to do this. Then I started working on building my own business. So I've mm -hmm. changed from freelance fashion stylist to small business owner. Yeah, I have a small business right now. So I that's so my skill set is the same. I'm still using clothes and accessories, and the tools are the same. But I've completely changed my business and who my clients are. I my clients used to be photographers, art directors, directors, and now my clients are everyday women. So yeah. it's, it's completely a change. So I'm making the decision to make the switch. Now I have the business. Now I have the business, but that didn't happen the next day. That took me a couple of years. I had to learn how to be a business owner. I think that having to take it all on and, and be the business owner is just the best thing ever that could have happened to me because having your own business is the fast track of personal growth. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm a seeker, right? So I started doing yoga in my mid twenties. I always used to want to go to India and study that. Like I am a seeker at heart. Um, so give me a challenge that's going to give me personal growth and personal development. And I'm all in. So what I learned that was the hardest lesson of all is about failure. 
real success, it actually sits on top a pile of failure. You have to fail your way to be successful because with every failure, there is a lesson to be learned that is going to help you do better, right? To be better. So, so failing was something that I avoided. I avoided it at all costs. And when you avoid failure, you're holding yourself back. So you're not going all in like what we were just talking about. If you're afraid of failing, then you might go up to 80 or 90%, but you got to leave that, that 10, 20% so that you don't fail. Right. So yeah, it's I, protecting yourself. It's a self-protection thing, right? That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So, and, and so once I was able to articulate, that's what was going on. Then it became very clear to me. Oh, okay. I'm holding back because I'm afraid to fail. Meanwhile, I failed like a thousand times before. I just don't even think I really thought about it. It wasn't like I was failure free. Let's be real here. <laughs> right, right. I mean, well, life is filled with like the little lessons and, and we do, we have a, a, we're taught to avoid failure. And I, I mean, I find that when I'm avoiding failure, it's all about my perfectionist tendencies and I am totally holding myself back. And it's not, it's not serving me. In the end, it's about going all in, not holding back and having that willingness to get it wrong. What are you seeing? What are the kind of transformations that you see with the women that you're working with? Mm. The biggest transformation that I see with the women that I work with is the way they see themselves. They have a very narrow vision of who they are and how they're supposed to look or be showing up. And they get locked into this vision and that's just how they live their lives. And when we work together, I show them all these new ideas and all these new possibilities that are available to them that, that they can have. And so they start to see themselves differently. So for the woman who would look in the mirror and immediately look at her thighs because she thinks her thighs are too big and she hates the way that they look, she's not doing that anymore. She's now seeing herself as a whole woman and she's seeing how beautiful that she can look and she feels energized because first of all, it's the self-awareness of her body. So uh, understanding how her body sits in space and having the tools to know what are the styles and silhouettes that are going to highlight, right? So having that, those tools also helps, but they, she starts to look at herself in a completely new way. And this impacts how she shows up in her life, the way she interacts with her boss or with her dates, right? Um, I work with a lot of women who are divorced or women who are, you know, advancing in their careers. So this changes how they're showing up and how they're feeling, which in turn impacts the way people are responding to them. Yeah. It's amazing what a little bit of swagger can do for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I, do you find it, yourself like when I, when I feel like I've got on an outfit that, um, that, that is like, okay, yeah, this is hitting all the marks. I've, uh, there's a swagger. There's a, there's a confidence that comes from, from feeling well presented or whatever, you know? Yes. And then once you know that feeling, then you can bring that back easier and easier. It just mm. gets easier to replicate that feeling. So that's oh the gosh, work that yes. I do with my clients as I, as I teach them, I help them have that feeling so that they can lock it in 
and then it's it's there for them it's available for them and it just it becomes like a muscle it gets stronger and stronger and they're feeling more confident and they're showing up with that swagger more and more in their lives and then the results that come from that that's where the real change happens so there is a lot of self-awareness and self-discovery that comes in the process and in the work that I do with my clients because a lot of women forget who they are uh, for whatever reasons. I, I work with a lot of women who are just like ready, getting ready for the next thing in their life, right? So whether that is they, um, they are retired and they spent their whole life working in corporate wearing the suits every day, or maybe it's the kids now don't need them as much, so they're shifting out of mom life, right? So, so I help women get ready for their next phase in life. And your clothes and your style is such a fun way to build confidence because look, we don't all get it right all the time. I know I certainly will look at some photos of myself. And I'm like, what was that that I put on that day? And <laughs> oh this, yeah. About like last week. Okay. So this <laughs> is like somebody, this is not, I'm not talking about a long time ago, right? Because I'm always willing to try new things and, and to see how it goes. And I always say, you know, at the end of the day, you can always change your outfit, right? The stakes aren't that high. So that's why your clothing and your style is such a fun way to build your confidence because it is a practice. It is a daily practice of getting dressed, right? And stretching yourself and seeing what you can create with your wardrobe and expressing how you want to feel in that day. So it's definitely an inside out and an inside and an outside in transformation. What would you, what would you recommend for, let's say somebody is you know, usually I'll ask this if, if somebody's feeling stuck in their life, but let's say somebody's feeling stuck in the way that they are dressing and they're, you know, you know, those days when you go in and you look at your closet and you've got a closet full of clothes and you're like, I have nothing to wear. I hate everything in this closet. Wh where do you recommend somebody start if they want to bust through that feeling? In the back of the closet. Because the truth is, is that we, so we only wear 20% of our entire wardrobe. So if you think about that 20%, it's usually right in the front. And when you're saying I have nothing to wear and there's nothing here, you're just looking at the 20%. So get into that 80%, which is usually in the back, go find something that that catches your eye, something that's in your wardrobe that get, catches your eye. And I always recommend to pair that piece with something from your 20% so that there's a level of comfort there. So it's not all of a sudden putting on this whole new thing that you're going to feel really uncomfortable in, but instead go grab something from the back of your closet and then make the rest of your outfit with some pieces that you feel pretty comfortable in. So, so so expand, expand what you're wearing and start with what you have. I do not recommend to go shopping when you're in that place. Start with what you have and then see what you can come up with. One of my favorite things to do is to look at my client's wardrobe and to show them new ways of wearing what they already have. And what I hear all the time from everyone oh, wow, I never thought of doing it like that. That's what they always say. And, and I think a lot of people, they're not even thinking about those clothes, right? So, so get into those clothes and start playing and start having fun, keep it light and, and see what you can create. It is a creative process really. And, and the best way to tap into your creative, okay, so a lot of women who I work with, they don't think they're creative. They right. believe- I, oh my gosh. I hear so many people say I'm not creative. I'm like, no, stop. 
Go yeah. ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So with your wardrobe, you know, that's going to make you feel stuck because mm. they, you, you think like, oh, I have to be creative to put together these outfits. But the truth is you just have to open up to curiosity because curiosity is going to lead to creativity, which leads to problem solving. So if, you, if you're feeling stuck with what you're wearing, get curious. And I always suggest that you use this phrase. You say, you go to the back of your closet, you pick out something you haven't seen or worn in a really long time and something that you still like, because let's be real, how many things in the back of our closet do we have that we're like, oh, I don't want to wear that. So find something right. that you still like and say, I wonder what would happen if I paired this purple top with, you know, and then go to your front of your closet, you know, pair this purple top with these, you know, with these blue jeans that I wear every day. I wonder what would happen if, right? right. Give it a go. I love it. And I love that you help people find the things that are already in their wardrobe and not so much recommending that they go out and spend in order to feel better. Well, we, that's where we start. We start. So here's the thing is every woman has her own her own circumstances and all my clients are different. And so I've got the woman who can't let go of anything and, and she's got a lot in her wardrobe for us to work with. But then I've also got the woman who doesn't really have that much left in her wardrobe and, and she does need to buy new things. So it really is customized to where you're at, but we always start with where, with what you have. I always have a complete understanding of what your current wardrobe is and then we build from there. So it depends how much new clothes they get. I've had women who have done complete overhauls because they've completely changed in their lives. I recently worked with a woman who she's got four kids and, and her kids are now getting a little older and she's also a business owner. And she just didn't like anything that she used to wear. And so we, we did an overhaul for her that was aligned with her brand for her business. And also so she could feel comfortable going to the, to the swim meets and to all the, the stuff that she does with her kids. So she had a total overhaul. But then I have another woman who I'm working with right now who has a ton of beautiful clothes but just doesn't know how to put them together. She doesn't know how to make the most of what she has. So that is where there's very little shopping going on with this client. And it's really more about showing her how to style what she has and to really elevate her outfit. So it really varies with each person, but I always start with what you have. I love it. I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. And you're, you know, I like to watch your, um, your Instagram and, and see some of the videos that you're doing and, you know, talking about, is it a fashion faux pas is the word? Uh, is it a fashion faux pas or not? And your approach to it, you, you've got this um, very genuine uh, vibe about you, which is, is fun to watch and fun to be with. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what, what are you excited about that's coming up these days? Anything, anything exciting on the horizon? Yeah, I'm really excited by the work that I do and the women that I'm serving. And I've started, um, I've started in with groups. So what I've learned is that women love to come together and talk about clothes. So, <laughs> so now I have, I have some group programs that I'm offering and, and that just allows me to help more women step more into their power, become more of the person who they are becoming and express that to the world. And, 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 and it is about the clothes, 
but it's so much deeper than the clothes. The work that we're doing in our group programs is, is letting go of a lot of who we thought we should be and really stepping into and owning who we're becoming and really getting some beautiful outfits that express that. Oh my gosh. I love it. Stepping into who you're becoming. That is, um, that is what this podcast is all about, you know, is I just, and, it, and it's not so much about changing who you are. It's about embracing who you are and who you're becoming, like what's possible, like that whole curiosity factor that you're talking about. What if, what, what would happen if I did this? Or what if I pair this with that? What does that look like? You know, it, it's just so much, it's clothing, but, and it's bigger than clothing and it's all that stuff. That's exciting. Yeah. It's expanding your vision of what's available or what's possible for you. You, you, you know, we go through our lives and we think that we can only have this tiny little bit, but that's not true. There's so much more available. And, and we all have, you know, within ourselves, this beautiful spirit to express through clothing. So why not have fun with it and, 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 and use our clothing, right? It is a tool. It is a tool. Our clothing and our accessories are tools for our own self-expression. So I'm just there to help women, to guide women through that as a, as a daily practice and getting dressed. Wow. So what else, what else, uh, before we wrap up, how can people find you? Yes. Well, I, I would love to invite your listeners. I have a really fun quiz that I would like to offer to your listeners and it's free. It's called what's your on camera style. And this is going to help you find your it factor. So this is about tapping into your authentic presentation and, and figuring out what it is that makes you light up the room that you enter and really turning that light on. So that's what I want to share with your, your listeners. I love it. it. It sounds so applicable for everybody. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah, I'll have yeah, that in the show pleasure. notes for everybody for sure. Cool. Oh my goodness, Alicia. Thank you for being with me. This was so much fun. The time like flew crazy fast. And I think you and I need to stay in touch. Oh yes, definitely. I would love that. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, there you have it. It's been some time since I interviewed Alicia, but we have stayed in touch via Clubhouse and I follow her Instagram feed, which is very fun. And she recently hosted a Zoom event where she hosted a group of women to get together for a closet cleaning party, which sounded like so much fun. I couldn't attend, but just knowing about that inspired me to finally clean out my closet. I tried on everything. I mixed up outfits to see if I could pair stuff in new ways. And I am proud to say that I now know that every item in my closet is something I actually still want and feels good on my body. I feel ready for anything. If you want to know more about working with Alicia or simply follow her tips on Instagram, I'll have that information for you in the show notes. Just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 88. Thanks so much for spending this time with me. Hey, if you're enjoying this episode or enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you'd leave a review or a rating or both. 
Reviews and ratings make a big difference in helping new people discover the podcast, so I'd really appreciate your support. Anyway, thanks again. Um, If you are new to the podcast, thanks so much for joining in. I'm so happy you found me. We may be late bloomers, but it's never too late. Have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.